1: Gary gets here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes, changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans, and still on for Manly. Away from Hess, kicks in field. Look, who's there. Tom, Twerp, and the Good there. My goodness.
2: Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong. That's right, the SC Playbook Podcast has a major sponsor for the season. We're very grateful to them for jumping on board. It allows us to put a bit back into the podcast and invest back into the website to continue to make some improvements all around for you guys to make our product better and better. Very excited about that and as we said, very thankful. Here to talk me through what was a was absolutely carnage, as many people would describe, round one in Supercoach. He's CEO of Quantum, Adam DiRussi. Adds, how are you, mate, and how did you f- survive that first round?
1: Mate, right, I'm um, very well, thanks, Tim. Uh, I only just survived the first round. Just like everyone, I kind of got regrets about players I did not didn't bring in. But um, look, I reckon I'm like a lot of teams. It looks bad when you're about 50,000th, but I think I, I still reckon I've got the right kind of team. I'm I'm still pretty confident that I can come back from there.
2: Mate, the uh, the the lesson from this podcast that I hope we can get out there is do not panic. Also here to talk through it is 2019 Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate?
3: Good, mate. Good. Uh, yeah, it was a challenging round, that's for sure. Um, anything over 900 seemed pretty, pretty competitive for uh, an overall sort of score. Some people, I saw the guy who won the round scored 1270 or something, and he had, uh, who did he have? Dylan Edwards and... Someone else at fullback, it didn't have Turbo, Paps or Teddy. It was, yeah, he he had Heinz at (laughs) fullback and he captained him. So, yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I just think, yeah, everyone should remain calm.
2: Yeah, mellow out just a little bit there. Desi, the one take for me was with everyone sort of panicking, you know, we're falling behind early. It wasn't like other years, was it, where, or probably like last year in particular, where there were scores of 1,400 and 1,500 and others are languishing on 800 or 900 points. The ceilings were sort of scores of 1,200. I think there was three players who turned up in the entirety of the competition. Two of those were irrelevant. The other one was Jerome Hughes. So, mate, it's not like you're falling hundreds and hundreds of points behind after round one. It was... It wasn't a massive sort of gap between scores, was it?
3: No, it wasn't. I think I scored 920 and I was 30,000th. And I think, you know, a thousand points was only 80, 90 points more was probably in the top 5,000. I'm not, not, sure, not so certain about that. But yeah, it's a huge, huge uh, amount of people in that sort of stack between first and 30, 40, 50,000th. So mm. not to worry.
2: That's it, mate. Won't take too much to swing it back. On today's show, we'll go through the major team news talking points from Teamless Tuesday. Incredibly not that chaotic for once. I thought it was just going to be pretty all over the shop, different teams, chops and changes, but it wasn't too, too bad, not too many surprises. Ads is going to throw his ownership stats, some of the best stuff in the game to listen to there. We'll go through the hot topics of the week, all the key talking points in the Supercoach world, our trade skipper plans. Uh, and then we'll touch on a few listener questions at the end of the episode, starting with a few of the major team news talking points, ads. And as I said, there's not too much to get through here. But Nick Meaney, I thought with Jennings out for the season with her devastating ACL injury, that he'd moved to the wing after playing 5-8 last week. Dean Jeremiah has jagged the wing spot, which should mean that Ryan Pappenhausen is kicking goals, which is huge for owners of him.
1: Yeah, I was surprised because Nick Murnie is a good player and I think he's he's actually a good winger. Like as a Bulldogs fan, I've seen him play plenty of games. He's a good winger and he just offers that utility value. So I was surprised they didn't keep him on the wing. But um, I'm happy from a super coach point of view because I've got Pappenhausen and I want him kicking goal. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised.
2: Mm, caught me by surprise as well there mate Uh, Desi one that hurts me a little bit Ryan Madison Uh, whether or not it contributed to his minutes or not or whether it was an injury sustained at training during the week but a hamstring strain is out for two to three weeks not named for the Parramatta Eels anyone who invested in him early in the season off the back of my horrendous advice uh, probably ready to put one through my head mate were you an owner and what are your thoughts there
3: Oh, I was tossing up between um, Maddo and Josh Curran, but I ended up just not going either of them and just buying Tyrell Sloan instead, um, bolstering up my centre wing, which worked out for me. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was very close to getting Mado as well. He's a very solid super coach player, but yeah, he just he didn't look 100% out there.
2: Low key flex from Desi Creek. Tyrell Sloan at CTW, massive round one play, mate, because not a lot of people had the nads to do that one. Another big one ads was Max King started last week for the Storm due to injuries. They've now lost Brandon Smith for around sort of four to six week mark, we believe, but Christian Welch for the season. Jesse Bromwich comes back in for the Storm, who doesn't necessarily play big minutes these days. Max King starting at lock again at 255 k. Is he a bloke that interests you or, I mean, he played about 64 minutes last week for 41 points. Uh, not sort of enormous numbers, but the minutes are good for the price. And, and if you don't own him already, are you interested in him?
1: Well, mate, Max King's doing well because he's played two games because he plays for the Bulldogs and uh, I think you meant Josh King. Oh,
2: I was <laughs> um, waiting to do this one. Josh King, we all know who I'm talking about. We'll get to the other King later. <laughs> I
1: got you, I got you. Uh, i will I avoided Josh King because I thought he was just going to drop out as soon as um, uh, Bromwich came back. But he now looks like he could be in there. So I guess he does become relevant. I just don't know whether that's a relevant trade for me this week, given I've got Sean Johnson to deal with. But uh, it'd have to be relevant.
2: Mate, two podcasts of a Tuesday night. I'm absolutely rattled. On that other man, Josh King, hasn't he been good? And just a big worker even went off the bench, mate.
1: (laughs) You've done it again. Oh, that other man, you meant Max King. You mean the real Max King now.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah, Max King's a game.
1: Max King, the Bulldogs look good. And I think uh, he did what I thought he'd do. He punched out 50, but he actually just looked good too. So I think he's going to be in that Bulldog side for a, for a bit,
2: hopefully. Oh. Desi, what are your thoughts on either of the Kings whose names I won't mention?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I do like Max King. Um and Josh King. No, I I do have Max King in my team. I think he looked really solid. Um, he's just going to make you money, so I can see him being quite heavily traded. Absolutely
2: this rattled the Kuma Stallions after a tough first week. Uh other team news. Kim name Jeremy on. Marshall. Jeremy Marshall <laughs> you Kim. want to talk about Jeremy Marshall King? <laughs> King Gutho. How many other kings have we got? Well, oh, bloody hell. Matty King. Maddie King's probably named on the extended bench for the Bunnies. There's a few options to talk about there. Cam McInnes named on the extended bench for the Cronulla Sharks. Not great for anyone with Sharkies forwards, namely probably Andrew Fafita, one that could be in a bit of strife there for McInnes comes back in. Four forward bench at the Sharks is an issue. And then Brad Schneider out with COVID for the Canberra Raiders. Matty Frawley into the halves there. Uh, just a week when, with all the injury carnage between Valemis, uh, guys like him, Sean Russell's, all these this carnage to our teams, Schneider getting COVID was the last thing we needed. So it's going to make it pretty tough. Uh, and as we said time and time again during the preseason about trying to get as many active players as you can in your round one squads, we're one week in and we're seeing that picking a decent bench is going to be hard yards. Hey, Ads, let's get into your ownership stats for round one you've come up with. And for anyone new to the podcast or SC Playbook, if you would just give them a, a brief little rundown of, of what it's about. Yeah, sure, mate. So
1: what we do is we look at what percentage of teams own each player. So on the on the Supercoach site, you can obviously look at for all teams what percentage of teams own, you know, James Tedesco or Ryan Papanazin or whatever. But we kind of get into a bit more detail and look and say, okay, within the top 1,000 teams, what percentage you own go within the top 5,000 in the top 10,000. So the difference for this year is I've spoken to my man who helps me out and we've got the top 100,000 teams. So oh. we can look beyond just the top. Okay. Yeah, And it's not because I'm beyond twenty thousandth after the first week. That was, <laughs> I was going to do it. But, um, yeah, so we'll have the top 100,000 teams every week. But, yeah, so that's, that's what we do. So obviously this week it's a bit funny, right, because it's round one and – you know, it doesn't take a genius to work out that the top teams are going to be more skewed towards the individual players who scored well last week. So there's there's some obvious skews there. So I'll, I'll go through a few anyway, just just out of interest. Um, yeah, at fullback, teams with Teddy, so so 44% of the top 100,000 teams have Teddy, but only 19% of the top 1,000. So that's that's a good example where I still think Teddy's the obvious fullback to hold. Like, Teddy's not, a, he's a super coach gun. And 81% of the top 1,000 teams don't have him. And I think that's a bad position for them to be in. So still comfortable. You can catch those teams. Um, that's probably the key one at fullback. Uh, at centre, again, the guys that were kind of overweight, you know, Tyrell Sloan, he was 19% overall, but he's 39% in the top top um, 1,000. Um, Jack Bird and Stephen Crichton, kind of similar. Yeah. Um, in the halves, well, Sean Johnson's a big one, so he's eighteen percent of top one hundred thousand, but thirty percent of the top one thousand. So there you go. So thirty percent of the top one thousand teams have got a Sean Johnson problem to deal with. Uh, the other player that was overweight, actually, a couple of others like Billy Walters is another one, but I see he's on the bench, so that that hurts. Twelve percent of the top thousand teams have got Billy Walters, so they'll they'll have a bit of pain there. Um, probably the, the player with the biggest impact last week was Jerome Hughes, I guess, because he got a ton. So 15% overall, but 50% of the top 1,000. So that was, basically, if you had Hughes, you you outperformed um, this week, which is not surprising, whereas Sam Walker was the opposite move. Um, of course, I have Sam. He was 13% overall, but only one of the top teams have Sam Walker. So he he killed people with him. Um, it was a bit surprising, that Rooster side. Like I was I was overweight, and I'm, I'm not giving up on him yet. It was a bit of a funny game, so they'll... They'll come good. Brandon Smith, he hurts twenty seven percent of the top thousand, so he's uh, sorry the top one hundred thousand. Um, I was actually surprised six percent of the top one thousand teams have got Brandon Smith. I am amazing in the top one thousand when they got his score of one. Holy dooly! Um,
2: Were they also yeah, Ravilau owners? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I looked at Ravilau. Not many, um, not many teams own him, so it was something like three percent of the top one thousand. So no, not not a lot. Um Payne Haas, obviously he's heavily owned by the top teams, but um he's he's sixty-three percent owned overall, so it doesn't surprise. And then Appy Korosau again, you know, triple the number of teams in the top thousand holding. Probably the biggest one, mate, was actually captain. So if you look at the captains that the top the top one thousand teams went with, they were just a bit random. Like twenty nine percent of those teams had Jerome Hughes as captain. Which yeah, it's not a crazy option, but in front of guys like Teddy and Turbo and even Pappenhausen that was pretty big. So so twenty-nine percent overall Captain Teddy, but only three percent of the top one thousand. So Captain was where it kind of just doubled down on that damage from a Teddy versus a yep. Jerome. But look, I'd expect all that stuff to kind of get a bit more normal over the next um you know, few weeks. Ryan Pappa oh, sorry, Ryan Madison was the other one I looked at. It was surprised only six percent of teams don't matter. So I actually thought it'd be more. So not that many teams are actually impacted by Mano. I know you are, mate. So sorry about that. But yeah. I thought more <laughs> teams were. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's only six percent. Like, yeah, that surprised me. Well, that's it. Half the reason I went for him was because he was a bit of a pod, and I thought, how good is this? His value. He's a gun player. Um, but that's the uh, that's the downside of a pod, isn't it? If they get injured and no one else is with you, geez, it can burn you pretty quickly. Ads.
1: Yeah, that that hurts when that happens.
2: Nah, all good, mate. Well, we'll have them. Uh, the article coming in each week, which it's one of the best reads in Supercoach, to be honest, and the best gauge of of how to sort of make up ground and where to steer yourself and your team in that direction. Guys, uh, as mentioned before, the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, Give them a call on 9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. That's absolute gold from the fellas. So if you're in that position, don't hesitate to give them a buzz. Boys, let's get into the hot topics of the week and one that uh, I think you both may have gone the antipod play along with me. Backfired thus far, and that is Payne Haas Desi Creek. Did you start with him in your team this week? 91 points, obviously a mountain of tackles a mountain of runs, uh, and most importantly, 71 minutes, which we'll get to shortly, but not going to be the norm. So don't panic just yet. Mate, did you own him, Des?
3: I did, I did. I think Payne Haas is just a lock. You have to have him for that sort of price. When Tommy Turbo's double his price, you have to have Payne Haas, you know? It doesn't make sense to not have him. So, um, yeah, I think, obviously, he had had those minutes extended. I think he's going to play, I think, 60 minutes, um, the coach said, so... Um yeah, obviously Payne has on sixty minutes is still, you know, he's a massive wrecking ball. He's gonna just run even harder. Not that he just yeah, he just runs so hard every single run and you need that so, super coach team. So adds, at this stable. stage
2: obviously you watch what Payne has did on the weekend and you go, All right, we uh, wish we had wish we'd started with him, wish we'd paid up the five ninety for him. Kevin Walters came out the day after the game on radio and said he had a HIA has and the way it worked out, just with the timing of the game, with the sort of 10, 15 minutes that he had off, it impacted the rotation. So his expected game time will be 60 to sort of 65 max each week, and Kevy doesn't want to play him any more than that, thinks you can get more out of him in that time. Hearing that, do you see him as a, as a must-have in coming weeks, or are you still happy to, to not own him at this stage and wait and, and target other players?
1: Well, I actually do own him, so I'm happy to own him.
2: Oh,
1: um, I, don't, I think, like, yeah. Sorry, mate.
2: Um, I want to get you both on the podcast this week. Where's the spy when I need him?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I own him, but I think, um, and, I'm, and I'm still very happy to own him. But I don't. I don't think he's a must if he's only playing sixty minutes. But but the, the guy's a PPM beast as well. Like, I, he's he's got attacking upside. He didn't score a try or anything the other night, but. Um, I, I'm happy to own him, but I don't think he's an absolute must if he's playing 60 minutes.
2: Yeah, for sure, mate. As I said I wouldn't panic too much. I mean, in my situation, I've got Fanua Blake, who played something like 63 minutes, which was terrific. Uh, not the greatest output, but it's round one, so wouldn't worry too much about that. And then Jai Arrow, who played massive minutes, had a big work rate uh, on the left edge of the Bunnies. So when you sit there going, well, is he a must-have. I'm pretty happy with my front row, so not too concerned there. And do we stay firm, the owners, with Tommy Turbo after... I mean, it's an underwhelming score in round one with 62 points, but at the same time, Manly got belted by the Panthers. Um, the coming into the game against the Roosters this week is the issue. And I, I suppose the bigger question with staying firm with Tommy Turbo is, from what we saw in round one with, with what appeared to be a few last six against given a bit of an alteration to the rules, do you see the scoreline staying down and therefore the Supercoach scores which would mean a lot of these Tommy Turbos, Clearies, and a few others would be massively overpriced. That's a little bit loaded, but what's your take?
1: Oh, mate, I reckon if you've got him in there, I reckon you've got to keep him in there. I'd, I'd, I'd be keeping him in there and captaining him and hoping he goes. I still thought he was pretty good the other night. I thought, like, Penrith were amazing. They were the best side on the weekend. And Tommy Turbo still punched out 60 in a side that got beaten. So I, I, I think you've got to keep him, you captain. Otherwise, what do you do? You trade him out to bring him back later. But then you miss something like his round four game against the Dogs. Like when when everyone else would be off, you're going to miss one of the games where he could go monster and could could um, be the difference if you own him and captain him. So if I had him, I'd be sick and solid. I don't have him, but it's Tommy Turbo. He still looked pretty good to me.
2: Yeah, that's it, mate. And, and I mean, it's owners will just be desperate for him to put on a 100-plus score. It doesn't have to be a huge turn, but just enough early on to make sure that he doesn't plummet too much cash ahead of that Bulldogs game and a softer draw coming up. Um, so just one to monitor there. Desi, what about you on Tommy Turbo, mate? You're a Manly Seagulls diehard. Uh, do you see would you be looking to sell him this week with what looks like probably a fair bit of cash to plummet pending what happens this week against the Roosters? Uh, And I suppose we saw some low scoring in round one, as I mentioned, only three centuries in Supercoach. Uh, Or do you think it was a one-off, bit of an anomaly of a week and the scores will go back to what we saw last year?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think it was an anomaly, but uh, you'd you'd say that, um, yeah, I, I, I just think... Scoring will probably go up from here, but uh, we won't get to last season's scoring. But that's not to say Tommy is not going to score like a 200 this season. He could very well mm. score one, but he's not going to score multiple, I don't think. I think, yeah, the the ceiling's probably going to come down from 200 to 150, 140. Uh, that'll be an exceptional score, mm. so... Um, yeah, I think if you started with Turbo, you have to stick and pick now, uh, but I can see why people would want to trade him out, but uh, just stick with him. He's going to be good.
2: Another one for you, Desi. Api Korosau is one of the most traded players in this week, which surprised me a little bit. I, I get that people are moving from Brandon Smith, a lot of his owners, maybe Harry Grant's out of reach a little, but a bloke who's he's been a good supercoach scorer in the past, averaged sixty six back in twenty twenty, I believe it was. But you know, a lot of attacking stats to his name on the weekend. Played sixty seven minutes. Do you think this is justified, or would you be looking elsewhere at Hooker?
3: Um, I can see why people are bringing him in because you know people started with guys like Bonnie, um, who was a letdown, so they'd probably want to downgrade and get some cash because um, he's pretty cheap at four four hundred and seventy k or whatever he is. So um, I think he'll stay on those sort of minutes and he probably will keep cranking out like attacking starts. I don't see why he wouldn't, but he's not going to go huge. So I think 70 is sort of the be all and end all for him.
2: What about yourself, Ad? Happy Carousel?
1: Yeah, not, I mean, look, he's a good player. Like I think with dares like, he's, he's probably going to be pretty solid at that sort of level, but he, to, to me that doesn't make him a keeper over the year. Like he's a, probably a solid plug for a bit, but I think you'd be doing whatever you could to get Harry Grant in, even if it meant compromising somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I'm with you, mate. And Grant, you know, barring injuries and that sort of thing, you can sort of set and forget him for the rest of the season, whereas Appy is more of a ticket to Harry Grant, especially now with um, Brandon Smith out. just makes Harry Grant look even better in my eyes. Will Smith was one of the most traded in or is one of the most traded in in the game. That'd be due to a very low break even. Scored well with 83 points on the weekend, filling in in the halves. He's back to the bench this week. He was only uh, standing in for AJ Brimson there, so I just don't get caught up in that. He could play very limited minutes off the bench. He probably spells Aaron Clark for about 20 off the bench uh, and scoring goes back to pretty limited, so I wouldn't be worrying about that one. Off air, we spoke about every single season, Jack white seems to come up into the, the debate early on in the year. He... He's one of the most traded in plays as well, fifth most at the time of recording. Me and Ads, not very keen on him. Desi, while you're not looking to buy as such, you can see why people would be doing it.
3: Yeah, I mean, there, there is an appeal to Whiten. You know, he's he takes the line on so constantly, and that's exactly what you want to see from a super coach half, you know, like a 5'8". So that's why people buy Cody Walker. And when Jack Whiten goes on runs, he goes on runs for two months at a time so he might be really hot to start the season similar to what um Jerome Lauw did to the start last season if you really wanted to take a punt i think he's he's looking pretty sh- pretty sharp
2: yeah, he just, look, I said, we have the same combo every year. The raids have still got to prove a bit. After this week, they come into two pretty difficult games. It's against, I believe, the Seagulls and the Storm. Jackie looked awesome in actual NRL, but it just never, ever equates to NRL Supercoach scoring real well, so not for me. Adds Luke Keary fourth most traded. Sam Walker, tenth most traded. Uh, I'm not surprised because I've seen the way Supercoach have reacted in the past to, to one-off poor scoring, but Mate, surely, despite a couple of tough weeks coming up, the Roosters come good, and these two come good, and it's a, a case of rage trading.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I've got I've got Sam Walker. I'm not I'm not trading him out. Like, yeah, the Knights just outplayed him the other day. I know, I know half that Rooster side hadn't played a trial, so maybe they were just a bit underdone. I don't know, but they'll come good. They're a good attacking side. I think I think trading them out is just a burn trade. Hey, just back on Jack White and for he's had two tons in three seasons. So mm. even though he's a, like a great player, I, I just think. If you've got a half that's only had two tons in three years, and one of those is when he he won a M and took him to a grand final. So it was like a pretty handy season. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think he's super coach relevant myself, but happy for other people to bring him in.
2: Yeah, mate, if, if the rest of it, if the other 130,000 teams in Supercoach want to bring him in, go for it. Uh, and if he does kill it, it's going to be good for the Raiders. So it's a win-win in my eyes. Hey, Desi, Ethan Bullimore, trap or treasure, good start at the Manly Seagulls. Played the 80 minutes. He's 48% owned, which really surprised me. I know people were probably looking for another front rower last week uh, to partner a Payne House or a Jai Arrow or the likes. I still see concern in it. Olika Olaka'atu played last week after suffering a pre-season injury. You've got Josh Schuster. We don't really know when he's going to be back, but a bit of a worry. Do you think Bullymore is going to get enough points in and enough price rises in in that time? Or like basically, would you be looking to bring him in following last week or not?
3: Uh, no, definitely not. Um, I think he only got 62 with the tries. So, I mean, that's because Penrith had a lot of the ball. Didn't, we didn't, really didn't get to see him in the attacking zone at all. Um, but yeah, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty sharp. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be buying him until you know that he's definitely going to play round three, and then buy him right on right on the buzzer for price rises.
2: And Tony Stag struggled with twenty three points on that right edge with him, Selwyn Cobbo, three hundred and twenty k. Also, didn't score terrifically well, but. They look dangerous, mate, and while people would be sitting there looking at their scores from that game, I'm looking at that game, well, the Broncos just knocked off the Rabbitohs. That's that's encouraging for them. Adam Reynolds to come back, feed them a little bit of early ball, and more important than early ball, it'll be quality ball with the way that Reynolds digs into the line there and creates space for these one-on-ones for Katoni Stags. Where do you sit on Stags and Cobo? I don't know if you own either. Are you interested in either? Really soft draw coming up for the Broncos. Uh, an interesting one leading into round two. I own,
1: I own Stags. So I was obviously disappointed with his score last week. But the, the guy's a great player. He's got the ability to score a ton. He's got a soft draw coming up. I think if you're trading him out off one game, you're mad, especially when he's about to play the Bulldogs and the Cowboys. Um, and he's got the Bulldogs again in round seven. Like, you just got to. If, you, if you've got him, you've got to hold him. I don't have Selwyn Cobbo, but I wanted him to play fullback and then I was going to bring him in like a lot of teams, but uh, I definitely would be holding Stags if you've got him.
2: Likewise. Hey, Desi, the Cowboys back row, uh, really interesting. Tao Malolo there, people had issues around him in, in his minutes uh, and his output, a few other things. As an owner, I wasn't too concerned. People hammered him and, and were hammering... Uh, the poor old coaching staff there, Dean Young, who came out and said that he'd, he'd play bigger minutes for them this season. It was round one. It was a hot night in Townsville in March. He punched out 51 minutes with 53 points, 51 in base. Uh, mate, I wasn't too disheartened by it, and I don't see why he, he can't build up his minutes over the coming rounds. He also didn't play a preseason game. Where do you sit on Jason Tamalolo?
3: Yeah, I'm an know. Um yeah, I went, I went based on your on, on your advice there, Timmy. So I brought him in. But um, okay. yeah, he's he he looked okay. Um, yeah, his base stats were there. You know the attacking stats are going to come. It was a hot night, like you said. They're just resting him. Ease him in. Why bother playing in big minutes round one in that sort of game? Makes no sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, he, he'll start playing 60 minutes soon. I
2: reckon, I reckon, you've, been been
1: stats. Stats. I reckon you've been optimistic. Like, I've got him as well. Like, I think all three of us have got him. <laughs> I thought he was ordinary. I, mm. I know you're saying he was, it was, you know, humid and wet and all that sort of stuff. I, like he barely, he just didn't look like breaking a tackle. I think technically he did break one, which was a bit of a lucky one. But I don't know, I, I was, it was, it was the first time I've ever seen a side uh, I'm supporting playing against Tamalolo and he didn't worry me one bit yeah. as an opposition supporter. And that, that to me then says as a super coach player, that's a far cry from what he used to be.
2: Matt, no, I agree in the sense that I, I don't think he looked dangerous at all. He's gone downhill a lot, be that injury or whatever is, is. I'm not sure, but I think that's probably a pretty soft excuse. But again, I thought his base output was really good. I think the minutes can increase. So I'm sort of hoping even he can punch out that 60-65 in base with the odd offload and, and tackle break. He can then be upgraded to a gun back rower. But as you said, in, in terms of uh, Desi, I suppose the attacking stats coming, inevitably, I don't know that they will unless we see a little bit more from him in coming weeks. The other one at the Cowboys, Jeremiah Nanai, a bloke I'm looking at very closely this week, played the 80 minutes. Uh, He's around about that 340K mark and just looked the goods. Obviously, as a young bloke playing big minutes uh, at a club like the Cowboys who, who suffered a round one defeat, job security is going to always be an issue. But 40 in base, 56 points looked very dangerous in what is not the most uh, dangerous, probably attacking side in the competition. Desi, is Nanai someone that you'd be looking at going to this week or do you want to see him do similar in the same game time in round two?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think you may as well wait. Um, I think a lot of people are going to try and hold trades this week considering it was mm. such a low-scoring round. Just wait to see if it's an anomaly. Um, like I said, I don't think it really is going to be a massive anomaly. But, like, we'll probably see other rounds exactly like this. Um, but yeah, scoring will come down a bit, but not this much. So we want to get another gauge first um, and probably yeah only really make trades when you know price rises are guaranteed.
2: I think tactically speaking ads the way i'm the way I'm approaching the first few rounds trade wise. I really want to have another look at my entire team. I really want to have another look at other players that I'm considering buying and, and see what the regular is and what to expect and what is just a, a round one blowout and, and coming out a little bit sluggish. I'm Ideally, I wasn't going to use any trades this week, but now with Maddo gone, I might have to go a little bit earlier on one of them and get rid of him and, and free up a bit of cash. Now that we have the trade boost and can use three trades next week, I'm looking at before that initial price rise, using one this week and then three next week, uh, and going with that way. How are you attacking the next few weeks worth of trades?
1: Yeah, pretty similar, mate. I was I was hoping to save them because it's easy to make trades now, but you, you're desperate for those trades at the end of the year. So I reckon if if you if you're looking at sideways trades, I just avoid them. But I, I'm in a similar position here because I've got SJ, and A, I don't want him out for three to four weeks, and B. You just worry that even when he comes back, he's going to break down again. So I should have listened to the NRL physio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the NRL so. physio should have listened to the NRL physio. Didn't oh, he did take his own advice. Oh, oh, God, yeah, yeah. It, it was just too tempting, and he was and
1: he played well, which is unfortunate. But so I, I, I'm only really considering a trade because of because of him. But on I'm, I'm, what I'm hoping, I haven't really looked at it yet. But I'm hoping that doesn't then suck me in having to make two trades to get the right replacement. Mm. If you know what I mean, to make another change. But Otherwise, I'll be saving as many as I can early in the year.
2: And, mate, well, we will get to trades and skippers pretty soon, but I did see a lot of questions coming in through social in a similar boat to you, whether people had SJ or other five eights that were underwhelming for them. Uh, at early doors with teams having just been released, which way are you leaning to at the moment to replace him?
1: Well, is the thing. I haven't really looked because I think he's at that awkward price where the only guys who are cheaper, like, in, and I don't have a stack of cash up my sleeve, so the only guys that are cheaper. I don't really want like I don't want um, a Jack Whiten because I just don't think he's a keeper. So I'll, I'll either I'll either yeah take a take a big risk and promote someone like that Amone from my centers up to five eight and then have to start either him or Ilias, or and then bring in a center or make another trade somewhere else like bring in Nanai for I don't know whoever I'll have to have a look. Yeah. And then turn SJ into Munster or something like that. So I, I don't know, mate. I, I'm, yeah. It's not an ideal situation with his price point.
2: Yeah, uh, how much you got in the bank there, mate? Because one bloke uh, I do own and dig in. that five eight position is tough, really, really tough this season. Anyone who went early on Cam Munster it would be licking their lips at the moment, I think. I ended up going with Dylan Brown in that position, who's four sixty six k. And he was looking quite good and quite dangerous until Sean Russell went off injured and he had to shift out to centre and just killed his supercoach output. With Murata Niakori back on the bench for them, they've got centre coverage and Brown won't have to do that again, hopefully, Uh, we don't think. So, mate, I still don't mind Dylan Brown there, uh, Adji, but I don't know if you've got the extra 44K to play with.
1: Uh, I don't have 44. I've got 33. So, (laughs) uh, that that sucks. Uh, I thought (laughs) he was 466 and I was going to say, I'm sweet. But he was – what was he? He was – do I need 44, do I? I have to, no, no, I only need 4K. I only need 4K because oh, SJ's yeah. 462, so I need 4K and I've got 33. So, yeah, I think I'll be bringing in um, D-Bags. He's coming in. D-Bags is in. Get him
2: in. Get him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desi, Desi, Desi's, um, Desi, you're driving that train, mate.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. Um, I wasn't a fan of what I saw uh, last <laughs> – the first week, but, you know, I am a fan.
2: Desi, another bloke you're a fan of that was good last week without scoring any tries is Tyrell Sloan. What impressed you about him? Uh, And I suppose what made you go with him for round one? There there was probably easy to say what made you go with him, but there are risks associated. You took it, mate, and it's paid off so far.
3: Um, Yeah, like I said to you, boys, I I think he'll just play that sort of Dane Laurie um, character. He's really fast, likes to um, run solid trim lines, you know. Um, So he'll probably get a, a few um cheeky little tries and tries this I don't th- I don't see him exploding for those big um 120, 120 130 plus scores but he'll get some 70s and 80s here and there which will be really um invaluable in the center wing this season
2: Hey Desi, a couple that people are probably looking to maybe cut ties with uh, but I dare say won't have the luxury of doing it at the moment. What are you doing with Vaili at the Warriors and then Sean Russell as well? Vaili looks around about a month or three to four weeks out, I believe. Sean Russell, possibly long. We're waiting for a little bit of word on on him. Are you holding on to them two guys at this stage or, or what are your plans?
3: Yeah, I, I thankfully don't own either of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I went, went against the grain on those guys. Um. Yeah, they were hugely owned in center wing, but I just went – I opted to sort of bolster up a bit with Lomax Jeez. and Sloan um, and it paid off a bit, but we'll see if it, it pays off long term. Uh, that is an yeah, incredible dodge. I would I would sell if I had them.
2: Jeez, that's a good dodge. Well, what about you, ads? Because Vaielli – Desi, I can't believe you didn't go Vale at the price, but, mate, it's paid off for you, so good luck to you. Vaielli, I, I dare say I'll be holding at the price at the moment, being only three to four weeks with a bit of luck. Sean Russell, lads. Oh, he's a tough one because he's got a big score and he's rolling average. There's money to be made on the end of a good back line. Um, it's all, I'm waiting for more information on that injury, but I suppose how many weeks out would it need to be for you to trade now?
1: Yeah, well, I've got Vaeli, so I, I'm just going to let him sit because he wasn't going to start anyway. And he's mm. just, it's just so cheap. There's no one else to bring him in for. I could be bringing in for another non-playing guy. So that's a bit of a no-brainer for me. Sean Russell. I was actually, I, I don't have him. So when he was going off, I thought, oh, damn, other teams have got him. And then he got injured, oh, uh, which is obviously bad for him. But at least I dodged that one. I don't know. I, again, he's hes not at such a big price that he's a must sell. So you can maybe, I'd probably hold him. But if he was out for, I don't know, eight weeks, it might might make me think differently. But if he's only out for three or four weeks, I would i think I'd hold him. Have they said how long he's out for? I know he's. he's-
2: no, I, I think he's still in hospital at the moment, the poor bugger, but. Yeah. You know, it pre- might have been collapsed lung or something. So, yeah, more precautionary, Be yeah, not in a great way. But I think I've seen anywhere from three weeks to sort of eight weeks. So the way I see it, uh, anything less than probably five weeks, I'll just hold. Anything, if it's sort of six plus, in that case, I'll probably look into sell at this stage. Ads, before we move on from the hot topics, anything to add there?
1: Mate, just like one question for you, blokes. So as I've been trying to look at this 5-8 situation while we've been talking, Kurt Mann, so – at the start of the year, I was interested in Kurt Man and I was disappointed in him getting forty. What What did you guys think? Do you Do you think Kurt Man's a viable super coach option? Because then I could free up a whole bunch of cash from Johnson rather than the other way around.
2: What do you reckon, Desi? I,
3: I think yeah, I think he is viable. If you If you need to, he's one of those guys you can use to plug a hole, like you said. Um, yeah, D bags can do that for five in five eight. I I don't see why uh, um, Kurt Man can't do it as well. He's it's, Base stats are pretty solid.
2: My issue with Man is, and, and yeah, he's definitely he could be a play. Sixty-two minutes on the weekend, but I just see him, mate, playing the the Connor Watson role of last year. Potentially a few more minutes. Uh, look, he had thirty-six in base, but he ran the ball like four or five times or something all game in that in that um, phase. He's really looks to be playing that ball-playing role, the link man for the night. And I just worry he's not really going to run the ball, get his tackle bus, get too many attacking stats. Um, you know, if he's not getting any more than sixty minutes a week, is there much upside to him? Yeah, he, he could plug a hole for a little bit, but someone someone like D Bags, while it would cost you a bit more, you know, there's tons in him and he could go whack whack and all of a sudden be five fifty K for an upgrade. Um, and you, you throw Daniel Saifidi back into the mix as a middle forward who's been named on the extended bench. Mitchell Barnett's on the extended bench. So mate, I'm I'm not convinced on him, but you know, you, you could make a case, but Ideally, you'd want to wait another week and have a look, which you, you maybe don't have the luxury of doing.
1: What What about a Thomas Dearden? I know, like that's crazy, right? Cause, but he's just cheap. Because last year his price was deflated because he, he had so many games at the start of the year but he didn't really play. He looked pretty good the other night. I thought I, I, I thought he was the Cowboys' most dangerous player. Yeah,
2: not <laughs> not for me, mate.
3: Yeah, no um, dice. No, Dearden. Okay. <laughs> so, so I, I just don't. I, so I
2: don't rate the Cowboys. To I'm be honest, <laughs> it, and it, yeah, you, you're hard. No knock on your poor old dogs. They were gutsy as hell up there, and, and to see them win round one with four HIA's was huge. But when the cows can't put them away up there uh, in the season opener with all those head knocks, it doesn't spell very good for them. They put one try on the board, like you know, and then you go to job security. Even if didn't looked all right, Scotty Drinkwater's lurking there. I, I just. I don't know. I'd be paying up for D bags, or, you know, if you go down to a nanny or someone in the back row and try and scrape the money for Munster, maybe that's a play. But, you know, mm. mate, that's a. That's yeah, that's a what
1: I'll do. One of those two I'll do. Yeah, I was
2: just throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, if you do like a punch, check out topsport.com.au using the code SC Playbook if linking up. Uh, awesomely, They're now offering player performance markets. So I've been waiting for these ones for ages, but basically based on. Fantasy sports scoring. Been waiting for this for so long, and we've now got a bit of a crack at them. We'll be previewing them later in the week on our socials, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, if you do want to have a crack at them, it's 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Lads, let's jump into our round two trades and skippers. Adam, I'll start with you, mate. We, we've touched on trades probably a little bit, particularly around the 5 8, but uh, any more th- thoughts on your trades and your skipper options on what is a tough week for skippers?
1: Yeah, no, I think definitely um, it's just the. Sean Johnson situation I'll deal with, so it'll either be to D-bags or to, or to upgrade him to Munster if I can trade someone to Nanai, but then I'll be trading out like a Tamalala or something, so I don't know whether I need to do that yet, but I might. Um, but that also burns an extra trade. Captain, I uh, haven't looked at it too much yet. My starting point would probably be uh, Pappenhausen, but in South, I don't know. It's just hard to see South, but Pappenhausen goal-kicking maybe. Maybe I'll vice captain. I don't know, mate. I have to. I have to think about captain. But I, no one obvious spring to mind.
2: David Raffino. Mm, I'm yeah, in the same man, boat, Desi. Uh, I
1: don't know. Did you guys watch him the other day?
3: Yeah, he was disinterested, but I think he'll he'll come good pretty shortly. Um, that that one place, that yeah. one run he made yeah. was pretty bloody outstanding. Like he he looked like the same player as last season when he had yeah. the ball in his hands. So. Oh, he's
1: amazing when they give it to him. But he just and then in the second half, it took him. He had to be reintroduced to the ball. He he was. Yeah, who's he up against
3: on that edge of the Warriors? Is he against Katoa? Yeah. Uh, No,
2: I believe. Yeah, I believe Katoa played on the on the right outside SJ on the weekend, um, which would be opposite side.
1: He's got to be an option though, doesn't he? Like Gold Gold Coast, Gold Coast can score a try, and he's. I mean, he still scored 60 in a game. He was relatively quiet. So, yeah, he's got to be a big option.
2: I don't hate the idea of – Desi, I had the same as you. Well, I had VC Pappy and then C for feeder. uh, Early doors, obviously. But now that the teams have come out and it looks like Pappy will be kicking goals, albeit against the Bunnies, down in Melbourne, they were pretty ordinary round one. Bellyache will have them fired up. Uh, It's just a straight C, Pappy. Not when he'll do it. Big upside, Des. What do you reckon?
3: I think uh, by saying not many will do it, uh, you mean most people probably will do it. <laughs> I expect most people to just straight see him. People if he's are goal-digy.
2: very reluctant to put a captain on a Thursday night game, though. They love their VC.
3: Yeah, Thursday night is a cursed game, as uh, Mr. Walson Carlos knows. So <laughs> it, it is, uh, it is always seems to be a low-scoring supercoach game, but it's Pappenhausen, you know. He could score five tries and put it to bed, you know.
2: <laughs> and Desi, your trades for the week, mate?
3: Uh yeah, I'm I'm pretty lucky to have really escaped most of the carnage, so I'm I'm pretty content to just not trade at all. I mean my only target would be Harry Grant, um but I'd have to downgrade someone I don't want to downgrade to get him, so I just want to have a look, see how he how he plays first, but yeah, he's the only guy I'm really scared not to own right now.
2: There's in the history of Supercoach, I don't think you've ever saved a trade before round 10, and I'm very confident that you're not going to do it come Thursday night this in round one as well. <laughs>
3: no, no. Honestly, I, I think I'm going to save both trades. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy with my team. I've got a solid 17 coming into this week.
2: That's right, mate. Hey, I think we're going to lose. Adji's got to go off and tear up a game of touch footy somewhere, but thank you for jumping on, Ads.
1: No problems, boys. Good luck. Thanks, Cheers,
2: Desi, we'll jump into a few questions. Oh, my trade's just quickly. Uh, It'll only be one if I do it at this stage, in which case would be Maddo down to Nanai. And then uh, that'll be it, I think, if I I do go ahead with it. Uh, Maddo probably will have to be moved on based on what we've heard, though. Desi, let's jump into a few questions from social, then we'll wrap things up. First one from Multiple Scorgasms. Sexton in for Sam Walker. Save 110 k to upgrade Russell to Cobbo. What do you reckon?
3: Um. Yeah, you could you could try it. Um, I I think Sam Walker is probably gonna come good though. Um, he he'll, he'll get a bit more attacking ball. Although Kiri was getting a lot of it, but I think yeah, Sexton. Mm. I, I'm not not so sold on him. But Sam Walker, we know he can go big. He did it last season. Uh, he should average out in the end. The B
2: scores in the small. Mm. I think it's. I don't even think it's a sideways trade. I think Sam Walker will outscore him in the next five to six weeks and mm-hmm. uh, I just I just really don't like it to be honest. I think you're getting too upset over one week of action just be patient and have a look I think it's lunacy if that's your biggest issue if Sam Walker's your biggest issue after one week um well I don't know what to say mate one from Dylan Allardyce says thoughts on Spencer Lenu now that Moses Leota is out for at least two months
3: yeah, I'm I'm never really sold on any of the Panthers forwards. Like they've they've won the comp, you know, uh but none of them really stand out as massive super coach threats. It's not how Penrith score. Most of their their tries really um I mean Kikau is the the one stand out, but yeah, none of the other Penrith forwards get a tucking start, so they just don't interest me even with ex- extra minutes, you know.
2: One thing with Spencer Lenu is that we've seen him get starts over origin periods and injuries and other sorts of things. And there's always been a, a reluctance for whatever reason um, from clear to play him in bigger minutes. So I think even starting, I don't think he's going to get the extra minutes that we're sort of expecting. Um, you know, whether there's a Matty Eisenhuth or someone who comes in and eats a few minutes into to his game time. But I don't think it's as appealing as it looks. Uh, at very least, have a look at him this week and see the minutes he plays. Definitely not one you have to go early on. Desi, a good one from Husey, FPL. What would you prioritise more, getting rid of injured players or getting rid of someone like Cody Walker to Cam Munster? Is that a bit sideways? And I suppose the way you look at that is at this stage of the season, it's largely about what's going to make you the most money. But, you know, is that by getting rid of injured players who might be out four to five weeks or getting rid of someone with a high break even?
3: Uh, Yeah, that's a a good question, really. Uh, um, I'd say, yeah, Cody to Monster is a bit sideways, but I guess you just have to see how they both play this week. So I would say prioritize getting out injured players, especially mm. in a COVID impacted season. You must mm. prioritize having like the a full a full squad where possible.
2: Desi, we, we spoke over speak over and over again. I know last year you were sort of short term strategy. I was long term. I've always been a long term game planner and super coach. Um, each to their own, and, and both of them can be successful in their own way. Uh, You sort of came on board a little bit this year with the COVID threat that you you need uh, 25 active players as much as possible. Has round one not just shown straight away that we've lost Brad Schneider, who most people own, to COVID, so he's out, leaving some players short. Half our squad's got injured or or HIA'd or whatever and are in doubt. Um, It just emphasises that need to have 25 players, doesn't it? And, And as I'm speaking, sort of reiterating your thoughts that maybe getting rid of injured players is the first tactic.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, though, yeah, coming back to that question, back to Tommy Turbo again, it's like maybe maybe he is just way too expensive, um, come to think of it, even though he is going to get you points, but he could just get COVID, you know, at any time. Um, hmm. So it's just it's too much of your salary cap. But, so actually, I will backflip and I'll say probably trade out Turbo if you have him.
2: Jeez, huge. We'll be having a huge chat about that next week, I dare say, because owners are going to have a really, really big decision to make. Uh, What else do we have here? One from BC. Who would you choose if you could only buy one out of Starling or Nanai? And just quietly, BC on Twitter has a display photo of Laurie Nichols, the great Balmain Tigers legendary fan. Uh, actually, a relative of my one. So shout out to BC and shout out to Laurie Nichols, who we lost back in, I think, about 2000 it was at the start of the merger. Desi, Starling or Nanai?
3: Oh, it's a tough one. That's a real tough one. Um, yeah, Starling's obviously, he's always so dangerous. He just looks like a young, fast Damian Cook, you know. He's taking the line on all the time, really springy. Um, so ha- has potential upside. But, yeah, Nanai obviously does as well, so... <laughs> It's who's going to make you more money. Um, they'll probably score similar amounts.
2: Look, Hodjo's only out for two to three weeks. He got sort of best-case scenario on that knee injury, sustained in round one. Starlo, that means... I mean, they've actually named young Trevalyan on the bench, who's a hooker. So Starling might not even play 80 this week. I hope Starlo does. But at the same time, Hodjo will be back soon. And with their back row depth, uh, it suggests that Hodjo will start at hooker or at least come off the bench and play hooker, even if Starling kills it so I think Starling is a little bit of a trap and if he does play the big minute even when Hodge gets back, look, I'd be surprised. Hey, Desi, an interesting one here, and I've seen this thrown about a bit, but one from Dean JP, is Marnie to Grant two sideways? <laughs>
3: um, yeah, I think so. I think it is, yeah. Um, Eels will be pretty good. They'll score points. Um, we know Melbourne are going to score points, but Eels will as well. Yeah. Um, doesn't Marnie doesn't take the line on as much as Harry, so you're not going to get um, those crazy attacking stats, but he'll be solid. He'll get a ton of tri Um, So I think it is probably a bit too sideways.
2: Desi, he, he scored 37 points in 80 minutes last week, underwhelming for him, based only 24, remarkably low for him, who has one of the better bases in NRL Supercoach. Uh, but it was a high-scoring affair against the Titans, which tends to happen in Titans games people that paid up for him in round 1 and are looking to sell like surely you have a little bit of faith in the reason you picked him in the first place
3: yeah yeah i, I think that game was even more of an anomaly than the round itself mm. like just to have that many points in the first half and both teams were just going side to side Not, nothing went through the rock um so <laughs> Marnie didn't have to make that many tackles there's just so many stoppages it was irregular so i think he'll get back to you know 60 base um, per week next week. I'd be surprised if he doesn't.
2: Last one from Sanchez Jones, mate, one we've touched on a little bit already, but Taumalolo to Katoa or hold for the carnage to come?
3: Well oh, I mean that's the only trade I've I've really got on my mind. So that's a that's a good one to wrap it up. Yeah, it's the only trade I'm really considering, but um I think you can you can get away with it. You can pull it off, but um yeah, I, th- I think just stick with Lolo. We know how good he is. He will come good. I'm sure of it.
2: Mm. I think it's lunacy to do that this week. I think it would probably be lunacy to do it next week. Uh, but look, let's say if it is a trade that is worth making, uh, it doesn't have to be done this week. We can get another look at Lolo and his minutes and his output. Even more importantly, we can get a look at Katoa's output. We can get a look at the round three teams in case a Toru Harris or someone pops up on the extended bench there. Uh, Just be careful with that one. And if you're going to pull the trigger, wait till round three. I think he's probably the smart play. Hey, Desi, thank you very much, mate. Big as usual. Yeah, cheers, Timmy. Good luck this week.
0: Thanks, mate. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Market. Market.